I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, 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 and welcome to The New Normal with me, Deborah Francis-White, the show from the guilty feminist that daily explores feminism and life in lockdown with one of our guilty feminist regulars or a friend of the podcast. Now, today we have our very first guilty feminist New Normal guest back because hers did not record because my phone died and it was the first one and I'm gutted. Uh, because she had a great T-shirt slogan as well, which I'm sure we'll hear again today. Yes, it's Alison Spittle. I'm just going to put my glasses on so I can see you. Um, hello, hello, hello to all of you lovely people who are tuning in. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, so I'll wait a little bit to bring Alison on so that I don't uh, bring her on before everybody's joined. Um, but I will just say that our T-shirts are going great guns. They're, o- they're only made on demand, so they're printed on demand. So there's no waste. But if you print one, 100% of the profits goes to the artist that said the slogan. Or if they feel financially stable at the moment, we redirect that to another artist who is struggling to pay their rent or pay the bills. People are excited about Alison. Hello. Hello from New Jersey. Hello. Um, so go and check those out. There are some really good slogans. Um, Ellen Jones has done well. Big Gay Mess. Um, there's a new one out from Rubes Walsh. I don't know if it's up in the shop yet. It might be. Um, but it's utterly alone. And I think it's something like utterly alone and utterly uh, irrational. I think that's going to do well. Um, okay, Alison has requested to come on and we've got a few people watching. Um, so we're into the hundreds. Whenever we're, if, we're, if we're 100 above, we're ready to go. So let me bring Alison on. And Alison is joining. Five, four, three. This is just how Graham Norton makes telly now. Hey! Hello! She always makes an entrance. If you're listening to the podcast (laughs) version of this, she slid into frame on a wheelie chair with the most incredible headdress. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's two headdresses. Very excited. How are you, Alison Spitter? I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. I uh, I got a busy day today. I'm doing um, a co-video party, and today it's Goodfellas. Oh. So I'm going to dress up as Martin Scorsese's mum, and I'm doing a painting. I'll show it to you. Nice. Nice. 
So this is a painting here that she held up with the two dogs and the old man with the face. So um, I'm going to try and uh, try and complete that before before the film starts. And uh, oh, fantastic! Yeah, oh, fantastic. Yes, What's the film tonight? Goodfellas. 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 It's I just I just cut out a bit when you said. Um, yeah. That is exciting. Is that is Goodfellas the one? I feel like I know Tom's made me watch it. <laughs> Am I a comedian to you? Do you find me funny? Yes, yeah. yes. It's a, it's a brilliant film. It's a sh there's one scene with a lot of women in it, and it just it makes my heart fill with joy. And I would love to see a film uh, just based on those characters. Like a whole a whole two hour film would be beautiful about wow. those women. Yeah. Um, I mean, they rarely get their own film that answers that. I don't think you should get too excited about that idea. <laughs> I don't, most women don't need their own film, do they? Women need a scene in a man's film. And we get the idea. We get the idea. There's no need for a whole film about women. We can, we can remake the film that men make for our audience. Wouldn't that oh, be perfect? Men love it when we do that. Oh, they've no issue with that. They're, they're so willing to share. It's great. It's great. You um, enjoy the Diet Coke? Love I it. am. Uh, this, this show is now sponsored by Diet Coke, Alison. Oh, they right. Don't, they don't know that. But every day I hold up a Diet Coke and say, sponsored by Diet Coke, because I'm hoping yes. they're going to give me £10,000 as a joke. Well, as we know, Diet Coke are very against the patriarchy. I think their slogan is, fuck the patriarchy with Diet Coke. So no, you've beautiful. ruined my sponsorship opportunities now, there. <laughs> you've ruined it. But the reason I think they might give me £10,000 is, remember the Diet Coke ads, the Diet Coke break? Da -na 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 -na. Yes. And that was a sort of, like... Guilty feminist flip on the idea of women watching, um, uh, of men watching a woman like a secretary, like a madman style secretary walk through the office. It was the women would take a, a break from their office job to go and watch this like window cleaner who was a really hot like magic mic type guy. This you might be too young for this. And no, they all stand there, and it was called Diet Coke Break. This app, this ad, it was like let's take a yeah. Diet Coke break. And it was when the window cleaner came, they'd all go and get a Diet Coke, and then they'd stand by the window. And like watch this hot guy and i always remember the music da -na 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 -na. and so i feel like a lot of feminists are powered by diet coke this is where i get a lot of my caffeine from i do a lot of my yeah. feminism on diet coke so what i'm <laughs> hoping is they'll give me ten thousand pounds as a joke mm. if they get great publicity I th I th they, they have it spare i can't see it not being a not being a thing i've worn I, i've worn like a leotard for you today i'll show it have to you, you. Stop yeah. it right now. Oh my God, that's phenomenal. I know. Wow. It's actually swimming costume over a uh, Yeah. Over one of these. I'm just very excited to be socializing with someone and talking to someone. So it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. I mm. do know that feeling. I put some makeup on for this. So, oh. Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've, I'm starting to put on like, eyelashes every day because Kiri Pritchard McLean, the fabulous, yes. the iconic, the iconic Kiri Pritchard McLean. She's a human rhinestone. That's what I would call her. Like human rhinestone, the, absolutely. And yes. She's a very, very glamorous woman. But she's mm -hmm. also she's got a down to earth glamour which I really admire. Yes. yes. She's not a hovering glamour that makes everyone else feel rubbish. She no. is completely rooted and grounded in glitter. Look, she's she's a yes, absolutely. She's a she's like the most glamorous person on a soap opera, and I mean that with the nicest. Do you know that that kind of glam? 
I, I mean, is that complimentary? I, 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 the most glamorous person on a soap depends on the soap opera, I suppose. Oh, I was sort of yes. thinking of an American soap opera, but you mean like she? I was meaning EastEnders. I was meaning she would be a glamour. No, like Coronation Street, like yeah, just like a EastEnders Corrie. Yeah, one of those characters you can always rely on, completely fabulous, but just eight marriages, breaks hearts. You know. Beautiful. Like heartbreaker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For, a, for some reason, when you said soap opera, I thought of like one of those American soap operas where they're all very brittle and they've oh. all got, they've all got sort of like that kind of face. Uh, but you're right. <laughs> In Corrie or EastEnders, she'd be, she'd be a heartbreaker, but also yeah. uh, a heart maker. You know, she would, she'd be mm. the someone who would allow other people to come into their own sense of self-expression. Yeah. Um, In American soap, they always receive views like this. It's like, wait. <laughs> I think not. <laughs> you know, we can play that out. We can play that out. Yeah, I think your character should be called um, uh, Divaly. So Ooh. I'll say, I'll say, uh, I'll give you a line. I'll, so you turn away, and I'll walk into the okay. room. So I'm going to walk into the room. Okay, Divaly, Steed's here for you. You leave me and my baby alone. That's my baby. <laughs> Steed will not be happy. Steve, Steed is the father of that beach ball. Steed you know, has every right to see his child. <laughs> you tell Steve. I was going to kick the ball and I was like, that would be a bit much for his soul. <laughs> yeah, that would be a bit much. That would be okay. yeah. Steed, but, uh, is, Steed is at the door. And... <gasps> Steed is at the door and he wants to see his own flesh and blood, unless it's not really his baby. Boom, boom, boom. All along. It's a beach ball. It's a beach ball. It never was a baby. I don't know how to tell him. He's going to know. Is it his beach ball at least? <laughs> yes. What do you take me for? It is his beach ball. <laughs> Sorry, this is. I've just gone mad, Deborah. I've just gone mad, and I feel no, I did. We all have. That's, I've bought that's a load of wigs, Deborah. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, I wish don't... I had your first one because it was nothing like this. I so want to compare these two. I yes. think, you know what I'm calling this period because I was just writing for for something. Um, I had to write for the Telegraph about my lockdown, and um, am I allowed to say that? Too late. I've said it. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the things I was writing about is the archive of the new normal goes from people genuinely being like in shock at first into a sort of mourning, like where, where a lot of the, the comedians and activists we were talking to were crying and then into a sort of resilience and making it work. And like, this is, this is, we can do this and this is how, and we are now in the phase that I call Lockholm syndrome. Yes. Where yes. we have been owned and we're like quite scared of going back out there again and what it means for our lives to be dashing around. A lot mm -hmm. of people, I'm not obviously, not a homogenized experience. And we're doing things like, well, in this world, in my flat, the rules are this. And it is things like, I've bought wigs and there's going to be a puppet party. Yeah, it's silly season here. It genuinely is. Um, it's kind of, um, I'm going to bring you out in the balcony because my, my flatmate is doing his guitar music. Which okay. actually, I'm just gonna, while you do that, I should be busking, yeah. but I'm actually going to clean my glasses. So yeah, I'll give people a view. I okay. wonder. I didn't. But there's um there's some pigeons that have laid a nest in my neighbor's balcony. Oh. But I, 
right. It's pretty cool, but the next is facing their house, so I can't show you. So it looks like literally I'm holding the phone, I'm pointing it into their sitting room, and then going, "Oh, it's okay. It's pretty guilty feminist." <laughs> so I mean, would they mind? Would they mind? You could do it quickly. You could pretend you were taking a selfie. Oh, okay, okay. Pigeons. We want to see the pigeons. Okay, two seconds. Two seconds. Three, two, one. Ready? Three, two, one. I'm going in. I'm going in. I don't want to be like that. That was calling. I couldn't have made it. Why did I make a noise? Why did I make a noise while doing that? That was. If you hadn't made a noise, they never would have known. I know. I know. Now I'm looking like they should. Oh, it'll be fine. I'm so sorry I wanted you to do that. You did, but look, I'm living on the edge. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I don't feel that was consensual. I'm so no, sorry. No, you're don't, too. Don't me to me for forcing you to voyeuristically <laughs> video your neighbours. But that that's how nice you are. That's how you would be me too. Me too is like just a pigeon, you know? It's just <laughs> looking at a pigeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's worth I it. I mean, if that's, if that's the hill I get cancelled on, I'm happy to go down on <laughs> no no absolutely um yeah so somebody nice is saying uh you're making my night shift easier thanks for men said what are you doing on the night shift are you in a hospital they said new zealand yeah i wonder i wonder uh, could be, uh, like um other some other kind of central services it could be like a uh round the clock for uh food or shelter or something like that i don't know no. she might say she might say, I think it was a cat, was it Catherine or something? Cats, Kate's. We'll find out. Okay, Kate's 120. We'd love to know mm -hmm. what you're night shifting on. Absolutely. But, on the night shift. Kate, on the night shift. You do need to understand that for Alison, shifting is snogging or passion. Yes. Uh, because Alison is Irish and she's always talking about getting the shift. I am. And it's beautiful that normal people has uh, used the word shift. I feel so seen. Apart from normal them having... People. Normal people? You mean people. not Irish people? <laughs> Have you... So normal people has just come out on BBC Three and uh, it's after creating ructions in some parts of Ireland. I listened to a radio show where uh, people were ringing in. Um, I mean, the, this, the, the sex scene is the most consensual sex scene I've ever seen in my life. Your man asks, like, Would, uh, do you need me to get a condom? It's wonderful. It's where, the new where is this? Normal people is new BBC3 oh, yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. Normal um, everyone's, everyone's like, I've only seen one episode, but everyone's really raving about it. I was oh. sort of like, oh my God, doing backflips. I, I think I was. it was over... Hype, but I'm going to stick with it because people are raving about it. By the way, Kate's 120 says she's a nurse. Oh, and Kate, she hey. She's nursing and procrastinating with her notes, and we all love you here. We love you. Thank you for nursing through COVID. Yeah, thanks, Kate. Guilty um, feminist yeah. hugs. I'm going to give you a good feminist hug. Okay. Okay. Virtual hug. Okay, right there. Right on the tip. Are we. I don't want to accidentally kill the call. It's cybering, Deborah. Is this what we're doing? Oh, my God. <laughs> Instagram will cancel us. I know. You're allowed to do cleavage, you're just not allowed to do nips. Okay, frottage. We're doing a bit of Instagram frottage. But, um, yeah, sorry. Frottage. I mean, I'm getting cancelled on pigeons. You are definitely getting cancelled on frottage. I will. I'll go down frottage with that. Frottage is that thighs. Isn't it rubbing something between your thighs? No, it's like, it's like rubbing with clothes on. It's grinding. It's, it's great because in Ireland they used to have... Um, nuns that would go to discos that would watch the teenagers dance and then they would put a ruler between the two teenagers and go leave room for jesus <laughs> 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 
room for Jesus. Yeah. I know. I, I, I think I've heard that also for the Holy Spirit. Leave room for the Holy Spirit. I wonder how, how big the Holy Spirit is compared to Jesus. Like, is there a different kind of sizing or what? Well, I would think leave room for Jesus is a whole man. And he was probably quite well built. He was a carpenter. He probably... And I feel yeah. like he was a perfect man. I can imagine he being quite, you know, I don't know, what is a perfect man, though? I mean, that's sort of quite body fascist to say perfect man. But the I Holy know. Spirit is sort of, the lever of the Holy Spirit's good because the Holy Spirit could slide in very wafer thin. Wafer yeah. thin. Like wafer thin ham. Like the Holy Spirit is a condom, basically. It's just that. Oh. <laughs> really says, what's Jesus doing on the dance floor? Good point. I know, especially between teenagers, he's going to get done now sometimes. He shouldn't be a teenager. Jesus disco. is going to get me too for sliding between snogging teenagers, shifting I teenagers. Do. Somebody so says you... John Ham. Oh, Jesus is John Ham. Yeah, that would be my John. That would be my Jesus. John Ham with a beard. Nice. You'd be crying at that crucifix. Hey, John Paul says, week. leave room for Jesus is my mantra. That's a very good mantra. That is a very good mantra to have. Uh, very someone good. here says the perfect man is Tom Selinsky. Thank you very much. He'll be very complimented. <laughs> Jesus was hot. That's right. I said it. And yes. why would you need a condom on the dance floor? Well, it, it, there was some Irish discos that got a bit frisky. Misdiagnosed <laughs> uh, says every word is a t-shirt today. That's so true. But you have oh. to somehow casually slide in. Your we slide it in. Because it's already, yeah, because there's t-shirts available. So wait, do you want me to present uh, well, you now? I'll ask you the question I asked you last time. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> um, Alison, has this changed your habits at all? Um, have you got any, have you, have you changed the way you're behaving at all because of the quarantine? Is there anything that you as a person are doing differently? Yes, Deborah. I'm not going to catch. <laughs> okay, I'm going to set up better. I'm going to set up because I know what your setup was. I know. Okay. okay, turn around. Okay. okay. Last last time you were on the show, Alison. Yeah. Which sadly we we were on not able to record. You said that the way one way you changed your habits was that you husbanded your resources and your groceries a lot more, uh, whereas before you'd think. Yeah, I'll have a chocolate bar. And now you're thinking, like, oh, I have one bite of a chocolate bar. Can I get the same endorphins and nice feeling from that and save it? And I can't remember why you said that you would do that. Why was it? Because, Deborah, I'm not going to catch Corona for a flake. Boo! Yes! <laughs> exactly. oh, 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 oh. That's the T-shirt catchphrase. <laughs> I'm excited for people to... Uh, when this goes up on Instagram Live and YouTube for people to screenshot that moment. I think so. Yeah, I think that moment is gifable. You swinging around with your houseplants. I've always wanted to be a meme. The ever gifable Alison Spittle. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me, Deborah. Thank you. So um, I saw somebody say to Susie McComber on Twitter after her uh, the, her latest episode came out, said, "I, uh, I don't, I." I can't prove it for sure, but I'm, I'm something like, I'm incredibly sure that my dog would like you. And she said, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. I'm sure my dog would like you. Isn't that great? That so is that very nice. Fun. I wonder if your dog is like a, a, a very big judge of character. It's a, it's a, it's a strange thing. 
Um, Someone been... says, Sunny J says, I snorted so loudly, my kids started crying. Is that probably when you turned around with the plant and the headdress? That's me, Alison Spittle, bringer of tears for children. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need to ask you some questions. Yeah. Because um, I'm interested to see if they're different from last time. Yes. Um, has anything surprised you about this? Um, yeah, people's behaviour has surprised me in positive good ways. And, yeah, good and bad. I mean, it's, um, do you know what? My mum has been amazing and she's really come into her own. Um, kind of my, my youngest sister on her side has just turned 18 and um, she's been volunteering and really community minded. And like my mum is an absolute inspiration to me. So that's been good. The negatives, I don't know. I think I've been surprised by how homesick I am for Ireland as well. Because I've been living here uh, nearly two years and I was born in Britain. Um, but I found myself kind of adhering to Ireland's lockdown laws rather than here because, and this is not, I don't want to get political on it or like. No, do get political. We love political at the Guilty Forest. just had a baby and I know that like, he, he's not able at the moment to listen to criticism. But. Jude um, <laughs> Kenny yesterday from Women of the World, who's an incredible woman, by the way, and uh, yes. just she just she she dropped knowledge left, right, and centre on this show. But she said, "I'm really hoping that having a baby is going to soften, and getting COVID is going to soften Boris Johnson and make him empathetic." And I was like, "But none of the other 15 babies seem to make an impression on him. He's had he's got so many babies. He's got babies he won't admit to. He's got babies he doesn't know about. None of I them." Know. None of them have activated his empathy. He's got like a cupboard full of beach ball babies. It's like, he's got so many. Is that beach ball Boris Johnson's baby? Because if it is... Look, he's an irresistible so man. He's a ruffian. Um, um, sorry, go on. So Boris Johnson can't take criticism, so you, so you don't want to upset him, but... But I feel, I feel, I feel very rudderless here. Uh, in regards to information and warnings and also that... Um, the death toll has not really been um, reported properly. So it just makes me feel like I don't want to watch the news because it's not giving me the full news. Mm. And also, I'm just quite sad. Mm. Um, probably because I have aunts. Uh, I have relatives that work in care homes and uh, uh, homes for the elderly. And they've been talking about how... It just sounds horrific. It just that the poor people are just praying and with rosary beads the whole time they try to switch off the tv and the news and all they want to do is watch the news so it's quite like fucked up and sad and i'm getting quite mad that they're not being uh reported or you know that the numbers are being no. a bit you know cause it's, yeah <laughs> sorry that... i know i'm wearing a headdress and talking about that shit but <laughs> that's uh... very much your brand babe I know. Politics and a ludicrous headdress is very much your brand. Does that bring us on to the question, do you have a feminist action you would like us to participate in or, a, or an activist act action? Actually, yeah, I was thinking about this. So there's, um, there is, uh, well, there's an individual one, actually. There's this uh, little girl in my town that uh, has got a tumour and can't get help in Ireland and has to go to America and she used to raise a lot of money and I know I was supposed to do a gig actually this weekend to raise money for her but that's gone so um, I will find the GoFundMe for her medical uh, bills and I will send it to you and I'd love if you could donate 
for her today because I'm sure everyone has picked like you know domestic abuse charities which are great and um and you know um yeah, and also trussell and there's been lots of big ones choose love that kind of thing but if yeah. you have somebody personal we could make a big a big uh, difference to one individual yeah it'd be wonderful because imagine having the stress of having a child uh with a medical condition that you need to travel for and also being in the middle of a pandemic like it's just mm. it's just too much so i'd like to help them babe if you make a story with a swipe yeah. up feature and then send me the link i will i'll i'll put it on yeah. the guilty feminist and uh with a swipe up simon is saying the headdress looks a lot like the one deborah auctioned off on stage for charity without any prior warning i did do that to alison once i i sort of basically said can i auction that off for the charity it was the bushfires the australian bushfires which seemed like a million years ago but it was a couple of months ago well that's and... the last time we saw each other i think so doesn't matter no was it anyway Mm. maybe um yeah probably because then i went on tour and came back and covid happened immediately so i yes i i said i was trying to raise more money and alison wears these iconic headdresses and i thought like she had loads and i said can i auction this off and she had to say yes again it was non-consensual it was exactly like filming the pigeons all over again and uh it was the original filming the pigeons and um then there was this back and forth and the man was i think he was just trying to put money in. he didn't really want it and alison was could see he was just gonna chuck it away or give it to somebody so she was like can i give something else instead i think you offered to give a sexual favor instead a hand job i believe which i think That's is the monetary cute. equivalent of a very nice head head get anyway yeah. just to be clear no headdress or hand job was exchanged and no animals were harmed in the making of that benefit and no, he didn't take, he, he gave the money and he didn't take anything, I think. Which, nice uh, guy. Yeah, I think he probably woke up next morning with a hangover thinking, what the fuck did I do last night? <laughs> um, can I ask you? Yes. Um, have you had a dark thought or a low moment that you would tell us about? I remember last time you yes. literally told us about spilling milk. Oh, you went, I, I, you I cried over spilt milk. I did. Oh, yeah. Um... I suppose the darkest stuff that's happened to me over this period that I'm willing to talk about is um, my my granduncle died of COVID there last week. And, oh, um, oh, it's like, but the saddest thing was like, uh, I thought to myself the other day, that would have been a good funeral because his side of the family are lovely um there are people i i like to meet and hang out with and uh, i so they're my second cousins and you know you only see them at funerals or weddings and also he was a really really nice man um but because of the restrictions that have come in you know only um and he's five kids so only 10 people were allowed in the church at the funeral so that's that's not a lot of people and also you know in ireland we have a big culture of uh, laying out the body and and you know making it into like a three day event, so that was that's probably that's the lowest moment actually because the same the milk was the lowest moment for me before, but um do you know like um there's there's something really dignified uh about Irish culture in regards to funerals I think we mm -hmm. deal with that really well and we've had to deal with it a lot so it's been it's been. It's that was kind of sad because I would have, I would have, he, I would have went back for that funeral. Do you know that type of thing? Yeah, 
that's yeah. happened to so many friends of mine where they've just had to mourn without any of the normal markers or things that you would do and it's really yeah. hard to mourn when you when you your body isn't going through those normal things and that funerals are for the living not for the dead they're for us to be able to get closure yeah. um, and steve Valley was writing about that in uh his tortoise media letter about uh how refugees get used to no closure you get used to making having to mark your own uh, mm -hmm. that's the end of that because there's so much death and there's so much, you know, you leaving your school in the middle of the school year and not being able to say goodbye to everyone. That is just absolutely standard for refugees. And it's the last thing you think about when you meet a refugee, you're not like, oh, how was it to quit half, just six weeks before your finals and run for it? Like, you're not thinking about yeah. that. But of course, there's no closure on your education. There's no closure on, you know, running away from people who got bombed, who died, and you never got to see their body. You never got to go to the funeral. You never got to hold them or see, hug their mom or anything like that. So I think it, that's a, that was a really poignant piece for me that he wrote for Tortoise Media because I was like, we don't even think about that. But now it's we're experiencing that of what it's yeah. like to kind of have to find our own ways to mourn somebody. And also the other thing is um, my way of comforting. Like take, for instance, my granddad, his so his brother that died so he he used to listen to me on the phone console him but he's not a um he's a he's an irish man so he doesn't really talk that much about his feelings normally what you do is you give someone a hug and that's enough and you'd leave them have their space but um it's so hard nowadays you have to verbalize everything so i have to go to my granddad before i didn't need to say anything to him i would go oh you know, and give him a hug. Mm, show him, yeah, him, yeah. Just show up and be there. And now I have to be like, I am so sorry that your brother has died. This must be very hard for you. This, you know, nobody wants to hear that. Like, it's so, I think that's the, the thing is like, mm. there are a lot of people that are not verbal and have got through life perfectly fine and are able to show their love through, um, you know, li little things that they do for each other or, or touches or whatever. Um, yeah, I I really can't wait to go back home to to be around my grandparents and not talk to them. You know, just be there. Mm. That, That's that such an really interesting cool. point, Alison. I've not heard anyone talking about that. You should write something about that. The idea mm. that, that there are so many people who just prefer like a squeezer, as you say, just showing up for the funeral, hand on shoulder. That's actually what they want. They don't want you going, I feel so sorry for you. You must feel very bad. Like you, it's a, yeah. either a different generation, cultural just personal individual, someone who doesn't, who, you know, who has built up walls and doesn't want to talk about everything. That's yeah. so interesting. And yeah, now you have to, and there's, uh, what ways are there of, you know. Because I'd love to, if anyone knows, uh, especially because my Irish grandparents have a phone, it's, um, you can't, even if you're doing like a text conversation, if you send like a little heart, that goes, or on Facebook where you like something. That is kind of like a way of going, I'm there, I'm showing mm. up. But with this, it's just... And when you're silent on a phone as well, people feel the need. Same with being on Instagram or Zoom, right? We can't stay in silence with each other and be comfortable about that. We can't, because it feels like dead air. Mm. So, and I, I, I've tried to be like silent on the phone to my granddad. He'd be like, okay, now I have to go. Bye-bye, bye-bye. And like, mm -hmm. it's just... Yeah, so that's that's been... That's been mad, I think. And as well as that, because I've been doing cool video parties every day, or I've been doing something every day, and um, I haven't like assessed uh, my feelings and stuff and stuff. So it's been it's been hard. 
Somebody here called Jay-Z Beck says it's called gestural narrative, that thing where you show up for the funeral and you touch someone on the arm and you smile at them and you put your yes. head on one side. Um, and Simon says sometimes making a lasagna for someone grieving or sorting out admin could be better than calling them. Yeah, um, listen, Simon has made the, that's the best point ever because when I'm at a funeral, I'm always washing up or I'm drying up and that's how I feel I can help. Um, but can we, you know, that, my what, favorite in the church? <laughs> no, like at a at the way. Right. Yeah, like you're wheeling in a kitchen sink and just like, <laughs> I just want to show how I feel about you. So yeah, I've got some dirty dishes and I'm going to wash them. We yeah. thought you might give a eulogy, Ellison, because you're the comedian of the family and you're so good at speeches. And we know yeah. that Uncle Uncle Roger would like you to say something funny and poignant. And no, I'm just going to get on stage and wash up. Yeah, that would be, that would be my, like, that would be my, uh, I think we've talked about Rose of Trulli before, but that would be my Rose of Trulli uh, little talent that I would do, because if to do a little talent, I would do Wash Up, definitely. If you don't know what the Rose of Trulli is, listen to the episodes of Guilty Feminist with Alison, in which she unpacks and explains the greatest beauty pageant in the world. <laughs> A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Um, somebody else here says, nearly 12 months since we saw you awesome women in Plymouth. Gusted we're not going to see you this month. I know, we should be on tour right now, Alison. You and I should be on the road. We should have done the Apollo. The, done, done the Apollo. How did, how did you feel Friday? Because I cried Friday. Because a little, a little Google reminder came up and it said, it Live said Apollo. Apollo. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like... Guilty Feminist Live at the Apollo. Um, I, because I know that show will happen. Yeah. And there is something about this period for me where I don't have FOMO because nobody is, like, if that show had been pulled... I w and other shows were going on, I would have been devastated. But because yeah. no shows can happen, I'm just, just I don't know, it's like a cognitive dissonance. I'm just transferring it all in my mind. I'm just going, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We, the world needs this period to rest and repair, repair and heal and, you know, heal this, you know, to sort of take time for this terrible virus to be conquered and also mm -hmm. heal the environment and heal... Some of this racing around the world that I've been doing for years, 
I'm sort of starting to look in the mirror and go, oh, you haven't been quiet and still... This is a real guilty feminist thing to admit. I'm going to admit something that I probably wouldn't... I don't know. Do I, should I say it? Do. I'm going to sit down on I the can't. bed and listen to you because... It's like so this is a, it's a real guilty feminist, this. This is a real... This is the kind of thing that I shouldn't say on broadcasting, but I always do because it sort of feels like it's a feminist thing. And I might actually talk to Amica George about it because... Um, my periods had become so light that I thought, yeah. oh my God, they're going away. And my periods have come back really strongly and I, uh, on, in lockdown. And I think it's because I was so stressed from all the running around the world that I sort of, my periods weren't coming properly. It's really yeah, interesting. Okay. And it's yeah. sort of, I, it's just something that happened to my body because I haven't rested. I've been working a million miles a minute for years and I'm still working very hard in quarantine. I'm writing around the clock and I'm making these shows and I'm making the guilty feminist, but I think I'm being still, uh -huh. I'm not, being... I'm not like running to an airport and getting on a train and going here and going over, back in cab, Hammersmith Apollo, blah, 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 coming back next morning, meeting in Soho. Like I'm not doing that anymore. And so yeah. it's like someone said, Jay-Z said, my periods have hit me like a sack of bricks. Me too. How do you solve my relationship and my periods have been almost like my relationship with uh, Amazon delivery people where I'm like, oh, this is a different thing today. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Do you know, I've, I've all of a sudden kind of treated my periods like, like they're like before I just didn't think of them. And now, I mean, that sounds like I'm a horrific person, but um with, Why? yeah no, it doesn't. Um, so what what's happening sorry oh because i was comparing them to amazon delivery people <laughs> and then i kept talking <laughs> and then i was like oh um no but, but with 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 periods um i've gone into how how are you i i get like a hot water bottle now and i get the the maximum i get these wonderful painkillers from ireland um called sulpidine which you can't get oh, here yeah. with me they got oh it's the best so i'll have one of them and a nice hot water bottle and i'll watch any old shite and i've been treating my periods like a spa day almost <laughs> you know? yeah um, what it is your body's cleaning itself out you're giving I'm yourself yeah, yeah i'm glad i've talked about this now because everyone's saying their periods have been totally different in quarantine some have gone away some have gone some have really noticed them more um yeah that's really interesting. That's really interesting that everyone's having different periods than what they, our bodies are so in tune with our minds. Like they just, we don't realize how much our bodies and our minds are connected. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And also we, we, we're kind of still now, so we have no choice but to be connected with our bodies as well. You know, you're right about, I think where you said that you were traveling so much, um, you know, you don't, you don't really kind of stay in the stillness of your own body. And that's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I just feel like they're, I feel like being, just having to stay in one place, the stress that's gone off my body is immense. And I feel really bad saying it because COVID is killing people. And I, yeah. uh, and our NHS workers and similar, you know, frontline responders are working like they've never worked before. So this is, this is me saying this within the balance of understanding that some the stress on some people's bodies has, has gone up so much. Um, this is obviously incredibly personal. What I'm telling you, it is not, it yeah. is not some kind of, 
um, glorious silver lining to this horrendous shit show that the world has found itself in. But it is interesting as a woman and a feminist and, and a haver of periods that, uh, yeah. that this is a, 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 a phenomenon that my body understands something in the world greater than me is happening. And also the stillness that has been imposed upon me that I never would have, I never would have done this. I never would have stopped mm. ever. And it's been forced, it's been government mandated, forced upon me by a virus. And it is a shock. Yeah. It's a yeah. shock how much I was doing and how still I am now. I, I was thinking about you actually, because sometimes when I'm very busy and I'm stressed and I'm like, but I'm not, I, like, I'm not as busy as Deborah, you know, and I don't know oh. how you physically could have done it. I um, look, I look back, I mean, you were ridiculously busy as well, Alison, and it's not, it's by no means a competition, but I was saying the same yeah. to Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I mean, she was, you know, always seemed to be like, oh, she's in LA, then she's in New York, she's making a full TV show. She's, I don't know what she said. She, she said on the show that she's really calmed down. You know, this has been a period of sleep and, yeah, you know, restorative, same thing, you know, balanced in with the privilege of being able to sleep and not being an NHS nurse. But, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's some somebody here saying, "Hey, uh, Hev, saying it's like Sindhu said, it's time to go inside." And Sindhu's episode is ridiculously good. It's so mm. she was talking I about grieving her mother. Oh. Yeah. yeah, and like the thing about the thing about Sindhu is Sindhu's another person that I've looked upon that has just been an absolute go getter. And um, do you know when she was talking about being sick, it was almost like. I would never imagine Sindhu being sick or being vulnerable. So it really kind of hit me. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like when you, you know, when, when, a, when like David Bowie died, I just never considered him to be a human at all. And then that, that makes you really put it into context about your own mortality. And when Sindhu was sick and scared, then it put it into context for me. And I was like, Oh gosh, like this is, mm -hmm. this is real for so many people. Yes. You know? Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes, it's absolutely, yeah, that's absolutely right. When someone who you feel is iconic or untouchable is going through something so human and, in, and yes. uh, visceral and sort of um, vulnerable. And that's the thing about the new normal, that like that weeks one and two, it was like watching someone, people had ripped open their chest. There was always like a throbbing humanity inside. It was like, oh my God. It was like opening yeah. an oven door and like, and I mean, I'm sure I, if I look back on those shows, I will also seem like that. Mm. Um, uh, do you have any renewed hope for humanity because of all that's happened, Alison? Oh, definitely, definitely do. I would like, I would like for humanity to. I mean, I'm sure everyone has said this, but um, you know, uh, the the key workers and uh, people people don't get paid a lot for doing work that is incredibly important. Um, mm. And that, sh that should change. So my renewed hope is that like society will reset on that and see what jobs are actually worthwhile. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that would be my hope. Um, I bloody well hope the nurses and the teachers come out after this and just go, we're not going back unless you pay yeah. us double. Yeah, a hundred percent. But the teachers—if the teachers said we are not taking your children back and post up, parents would demand. They would mm. be. They would be down at Westminster saying, "Pay them now. We need our yeah. children out of the house." Yeah, yeah. I I feel that, um, and it, that 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 should happen. I I can't see why 
that and I mean we can go and clap for people as much as we can, but we also need to uh pressure the government to make changes so that people are, are paid well. There are people that like I don't understand in London how a healthcare worker can, can live in central London and work at the it's same time. It's just outrageous. It's yeah. so outrageous. I hope we do pay them more. Um and the habits, any habits that you might take on board because of this? I think we're, when we were chatting first, didn't I say I was doing a meditation every day? Yes. Like, twenty-one. Yeah, I reached uh, day seven of that and then ballsed it up. So <laughs> I was hope... on what your body needed at the time. Yeah, yeah. And then I felt like uh, I, it was something for me to beat myself up about. So I think... Um, I think uh, I'm just going easier on myself psychologically and uh, trying my best. And I need to cut myself slack because I feel that every day I'm a disappointment to myself in different ways, which is really... <laughs> That's another T-shirt. I know. I feel, every I day feel I'm a like... disappointment to myself, the new normal, Alison Spittle. <laughs> but I do because sometimes I have such... I don't know what is with me because sometimes I'm very ambitious and I'm very coherent and very good at doing stuff, right? And sometimes I'm just like really surprised by myself and I'm like, oh, the, you know, you did a good job there, Alison. You really put faith in yourself and you did it, right? But most of the time I'm not. And I I just, not most, well, some of the time I'm not. And I feel like I need to, it's, um, it's been hard to, it's been hard being in this uh, quarantine and feeling like I should be, I should be writing <coughs> and I should be doing more. And, There's no uh, should be in quarantine, babe. <coughs> I know. No should be. There only is a risen. Um, if you, uh, what I find is, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. So I get into therapy. Um, but I, I just think, uh, can you just put the camera down a bit more so I can see your face? Thank you. Yes, sorry. Um, I, just, I hate my neck. I know that's fucked up. I keep no, doing this. I'm, it's a real life spot. I said, oh, I haven't asked you. I'm yeah. I must. Um, but, uh, no, you can put it down. Put it down wherever makes you feel comfortable. This is not a pigeon situation. <laughs> I demand to see more of your neck. Do you um, know what? I'll just sit in the chair. I'll just sit in the chair. <laughs> whenever I'm lying down and the, the, yeah. you know, that selfie camera comes on you unexpectedly, I'm like, oh my god! Like it I'll is. You when I'm lying. It's, it's fucking arresting. It's scary. It I don't believe in that. Should not be a function. You should have to yeah. demand the selfie camera comes around every time. You should have to say, yes, please, I'm ready. Yeah. Um, I need to make a headdress with an attachment that just holds there. And I can just have it like that. Nice. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a really good that idea. A, what were we talking yeah. about? I feel like we were you talking were, about something. We were. You were going to go into therapy, I think, or something. Oh, therapy, yes. Oh. What I found is, if you do want to do some writing, the best thing to do is active relaxation, where you go, um, this afternoon, all I'm doing is yes. watching three episodes of uh, Normal People. That's my that's my plan day. That's my that's my schedule. And, yes. And uh, and then I'm going to do. I've got one hour in the diary where I can put some ideas down if I want to. And all I have to do is get the laptop out or get the notebook out, however you write. That's my commitment is to sit in front of it and see what comes out or write. Just put you know, don't take your hand off the page and just see what comes out. Be curious as to what comes out. And um, just, you know, do five minutes of automatic writing or something like that, where you, you're just letting anything come out like your daily pages. And then if 
more wants to come out, invite it to come out, like be curious to see, like show up to see. But active relaxation is the best thing you can do for yourself. Because what I normally do is like, I just think, oh, I'll just watch one more episode of this and then I'll definitely write. I'll just, I'll just, just, you know, I'm just noodling around on YouTube. I'm just looking, doing a bit of research. And then you just sort of think, oh, fuck, I'm still on YouTube. What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? But actually schedule in like two hours yeah. on YouTube, just having a look at some nostalgia. And that release, that's what I'm meant to be doing. It takes all the guilt away. And it's really lovely because then suddenly you think, oh, that's right. If this, oh, I wanted to write that. And it's the problem is when you're spending hours online, dwindling time away, and the whole time you're feeling guilty because you're not getting the relaxation and you're not getting the writing done. No, no, you're so right. I feel, I feel just so guilty for existing. Like, um, I know it's so fucked up, but it's true. It's like, yeah. For existing, but you're the most yeah. divine creature in the world. Like, if no Alison Spittle existed, what would we do? I think it's because I got my self-esteem from being on stage and from being funny. And I could go to myself, oh, I'm going to be fine now in a second. Give me a sec. But I don't know. Um, I feel that I've got praise for being funny and doing stuff on stage and getting validation from people laughing. And when that's gone, I just, I don't know, just... I just feel a bit lost. I, I didn't. I didn't want to cry on this, and it's such bullshit because people are dying. No, no, it isn't bullshit, Alison. This is what the show's about. It's about things like this. The it's true. Like where we get our confidence from. I think Jade Adams was talking about this, and she was saying we get. She was saying exact same thing. She said that's where I get my confidence is my performance side of myself. And if I'm not allowed to do it, what yeah. you know it. It just, you don't realize how much your confidence comes from those things. And I think, I, I think I'm doing some kind of cognitive dissonance thing because I, I can't even, to be honest with you, imagine performing right now. It's so, I've had to push it away because I can't be, I can't look at it. And I think you're, what you're doing now is very healthy. It's very healthy to just go, this is really was that a bottle of wine that you just swung from? By the way? <laughs> no, this is water. This is water. I, mean, I would just love it if it was like just a bottle of Chardonnay. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do have. I do have alcohol. I should do maybe. Um, no, it's I get a really you. healthy thing to feel and to process it and go. I absolutely understand what you mean. And the thing is, Alison, yeah. you are funny wherever you are and and whoever you're talking to and whether you're talking to nobody, you are not less funny and talented now than you were six weeks ago. And it, it, but I understand it. It's that thing of, yes, but where's the evidence? Where's, yeah. the, where's the practice of that? Oh, um, but, and I know if I heard someone talking like I'm talking, I would go, you're being ridiculous. I know, it's so weird. I nobody think thinks you're being ridiculous. You're not being ridiculous. I know, yeah, you're no. Not. You're not. I think I would give my, I would give another person a lot more compassion than I would give myself, and I need to like sort that. The other thing is just like I just feel sometimes that I have to when I was a teenager and stuff, I felt like I constantly had to apologize for who I was. So that was being like a fat, gregarious uh, person that liked to wear bright colors, mm -hmm. and then but I would be funny. And no one could go at me because I contributed mm. something to the group or whatever. And then I got a job out of being funny and I loved it. And like everything 
everything good in my life has happened because I've been funny and people have liked me. So therefore, like I got opportunities and um, I don't know, like it's just, I know, I know myself. It's so, it's so ridiculous because when I verbalize it, like I just, I just know I'm wrong, but. No, oh. Alison, so many people are going to watch this and relate to it because there's loads of people with loads of different jobs that they can't do or they can't do well at the moment. And a lot of people are furloughed and they're like getting 80% of their salary and they can't do the thing they love. It's like illegal to because then their company will have to pay the money back sort of thing. So people relating to this left, right and center, Alison, it's not ridiculous. It is absolutely human. And it's really yeah. good to remind ourselves how much of our joy and our confidence and our self-esteem comes from the thing that we do and the thing that we contribute and to build up the, you know, what you're doing now is you're building resilience and muscle without that. But at the same time, you're grieving and mourning something which is completely valid. But what I'm going to say to you now is really important. Yeah. We will be back there again. It's not going to be that long. You and I are going to be at Vicar Street on that <laughs> stage with yeah. hundreds of screaming. You know, Vicar Street is my favorite place to play in the world. And I always feel bad for everywhere else. Like I love playing <laughs> the Opera House. I love playing Newcastle, Glasgow, New York, incredible. But Vicar Street is special. London, London, Royal Albert Hall we played. I just, I mean, incredible. Yeah. You and I have done so many shows in so many parts of the world together. But um, Vicar Street is really special. And I've only played Vicar Street with you. I would not want to play it with anybody else. And I hope I always get to play it with you. And it's the funniest shows I've ever done, have been with you in Vicar Street. I don't really know if I've ever done a funnier show than all the shows I've done with you in Vicar Street. And we will be back on that stage again. The Gay Michaels will be in the audience. <laughs> that crowd, your home crowd who fucking adore you. And when I say it's Alison Spittle, they go ballistic. It's like a rock concert. It's like I've brought out all of One Direction, but you know, reunited with the Beatles who've been res half of them have been resurrected it's amazing <laughs> and we will be there again and we will be funny again and you know this is a period this is not this is not evidence of anybody's worth yeah. this is a period of of restoration and also understandably mourning and and uh, you know personal growth in lots of very hard ways um, but I can't wait to be back with you again on stage. Yeah, I, I, I totally planned it. Like, I pawned city hats and I got beach balls and the plants and stuff because I just wanted to be... Because uh, I, I think sometimes when I'm, like, upset or I feel scared, I just willfully go very stupid and very silly because it makes me feel better and it makes me feel like nothing is really that important. Um, but I'm just going to blow my nose because I can feel, you don't want that on an Instagram live. <laughs> oh. uh, but, yes, yeah, so it's so, I and I just wanted to be silly and stupid and stuff, but I suppose the other thing is that right before the lockdown happened and stuff, I mean, like for a few months, I've been thinking about my relationship with comedy and what I get from it and what, what it, and maybe because, I've been doing it for a couple of years and you just have a think about it because I moved to a new country and it's not, it's not what it was in Ireland before. And, um, I, yeah, it's just, it's almost like I kind of wished it's like there was a monkey's paw thing where I wished that like the world would stop 
and I could have a think about what I wanted to do and then it did and I realised that I just loved live performance so much mm. and it's like it's ridiculous it's That's like, a good thing to find out though and Alison yeah. you know you're one of the most special people in my life you're one of the people I love the most and you're really authentic and you really care and you're really kind and those things are as valuable as being funny and yeah. none of those things have gone away and and you know your goodness and your your real kindness is is rare you really are quite selfless you put you genuinely do put other people first and i i don't i want to value those things too because if we've learned anything from this period it's 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 that human connection and empathy and compassion are the biggest things that we can the most important things we can have in life and they're all more important than money yeah and i felt maybe because I was earning, um, because when when March happened, I was supposed to tour Ireland, and I was like, eh, it's when you rely on doing comedy for money, mm. you know, that was my only job. I was like, and and that I was having different feelings about it. I was like, oh, Jesus. But now that's all gone. I suppose maybe my a good friend of mine gave up doing comedy, and we, we met as comedians, and like, she's an incredible person and lovely. And um, I kind of saw the way her life has gone since she's given up comedy and it's not really changed. I don't know. I was just having like all these different. And the other thing is, is it's very hard to admit because comedy is such a, um, it's such a hard industry to get into. It's also something that everyone feels incredibly lucky to be in. And it's a thing that a lot of people don't get to continue to do. And I feel like almost... I was being punished for having thoughts. I don't know. Like, it's so weird. It's so, it's so mm -hmm. weird. Um, um, Alison, yeah. is there any way we can contribute to your, do you have a coffee account or a Patreon account or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. Because I do, I do, uh, I have a coffee account. It's uh, coffee, Alison. It's K-O hyphen F-I. Yeah, and, and I, I do like um, a call video parties every day. I didn't need to cry. I didn't want to cry. I'm so sorry. I think, I'll Don't probably be have sorry. a chat with this you is after. What this show is, and it's, I know. it's all of these things. This is it. This is when the show is actually worth making and having because this is what all of those people out there watching. Thousands of people are going to watch this in the next 24 hours and they are going to be like, thank God somebody else is crying because they don't feel as valuable in the world anymore. Thank People are going to be like, thank God. Like, honestly, you don't know what it means to people. It means like, as much to people as making them laugh. Yeah, I suppose. We can edit it out though if you want. No, no, fuck it. Like a, this isn't a nothing. pigeon. This isn't a pigeon situation. <laughs> yeah, I need to be uh, with the with the coffee account. With uh, I do a cool video party where people watch a film each night, and we've done like fifty three of them. Fifty third one is tonight, so it's been a long Absolutely time. Absolutely amazing. Long time. It's like it's an incredible yeah. film club. People dress up. Uh, yeah, so you know what the film is. People dress up with just stuff that they've got at home. They tweet while it's on they share their pictures of each other and then Alison does a sort of after sun uh, uh, yeah. you know uh, you're fired type uh, show afterwards where she chats to someone I've tuned in for a couple of those and chatted about yeah. the film you've been it's, very good um, and it's a great show it's a really really great show so and then we can contribute on your coffee account yeah yeah totally and before do you know at the start I someone asked me did I have a coffee account and then, and, and someone else actually commented there and saying that sounds like Catholic guilt, babe. And I think it is. I think like mm -hmm. most of my life is like 
most of my life is affected by being guilty for being happy over mm. stuff. Because lots of stuff I do brings me happiness. Um, oh. There's no need. There's no need for happiness when you when you when you have rosary beads. Yeah. Um, can I can I just say? Um, uh, yeah. Also, speaking of being speaking of Catholic guilt, you're also doing comedy masses on a Sunday, yeah? <gasps> yes. Ah, oh, chicken. Yeah. So, and I love it because I'm I'm very lapsed Catholic, but I did miss mass. I don't go to mass, but I miss the idea of mass. And there's this. Uh, so I do it every Sunday, and we have this. There's this lady actually called Carrie Lewis who does chicken dioramas, and we kind of she makes she made up like a, a, a an Easter. Uh, and um, a depiction of Christ being crucified as a chicken. Uh, she's wow. very creative and very good. Actually, when I show you, do you know the way you ask if there's something cool that we have in our house? I'll quickly bring it over to you. But I'll can you pass. Hear me, oh, I like that tapestry. I can hear you. That's my mum that for me. I love it. It's very um, cool. It looks very feminist. Very powerful. I know. So Carrie, Carrie posted me over some art. She made this. This is oh, an island wow. queen. Wow. That's a lady called And um, yeah, so she comes on and does chicken things and I give out communion and we do our favourite hymns. And it's great. And it's every Sunday at 11am on Instagram Live. Absolutely love it. Babe, our yeah. hour is up and we're going to get kicked off Instagram Live. So quickly, do you have an I'm a feminist but? Uh, do you know, I'm a feminist but I didn't come up with an I'm a feminist but and I knew I was coming on this show. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the first thing you're going to do when you when if they said quarantine's over now what would you love to do oh gosh uh i would love to hug my mom i would hug my mom very hard i know it's very sincere no it's uh, the same as phoebe Waller bridges uh, quite a few people have said hug mom first but the two things people say uh hug my mom or have sex oh yeah maybe both at the same time maybe <laughs> really get rid of that catholic guilt that's just such a shame because you've just been cancelled right at the end <laughs> Such a shame. Such a beautiful, poignant, very funny, oh, yeah. then very poignant, very real, very honest, very vulnerable. And then right at the end, she got cancelled. Did you hear what Alison Spittle, greatest show of her life, just got cancelled like that on a dime? I it's, know. It's important when you're having sex and hugging your mum to leave room for Jesus. Yes, I'm a mother hugger. What can I say, Deborah? That's, that's what I... And on that note, <laughs> uh, tomorrow, everybody, at 6pm, I think we've got Abigail Shimon. Thursday, we've got Brona C. Titley, and Friday, we've got the incredible Leila Hussein. All of those acts are absolutely brilliant. And uh, Leila's an activist who has an anti FGM charity. Do not miss any of those. Six o'clock, and then they're on Instagram Live for 24 hours, then they're on YouTube. If you've missed any of them, there's a great uh, back catalogue on YouTube. We've got May Martin, we've got Sindhu V, we've got uh, that, we, that we referred to, we've got some really great episodes. Sarah Pascoe's episode is brilliant, Susan McComa, and there's the Associated T shirts at guiltyfeminist.com uh, and go to merch and then it's the stay at home t-shirts buy one of Alison's right now because she gets 100% of the profits and it says I'm not going to get oh, I'm not going to get Corona for a flake is that what right. that's right <laughs> thank you Alison Spittle thanks for coming back I'm really I'm in a way weird way I'm sort of glad your other one didn't get saved now because this was so much better um, yeah I was a bit more honest than this one wasn't I so honest <laughs> I wasn't expecting this ever honesty, and I love it. I, I started up by opening up about my period. I know, that's uh, it. Look, that's the perfect way to get someone to open up is like to admit you have a period. And then I'm like, I think I was like, I think the problem in life was <laughs> I needed to apologize for how I, I opened <laughs> the fucking floodgates.
I love you, babe. Say bye. Bye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.